oil industry. I shall begin with a discussion of the scheme of things as it regards the heaven and powers above. Then I shall state the origin of things, the seeds from which nature creates all things, bids them increase and multiply. In turn, how she resolves them to their elements after their course is run. These things we call matter, the life motes, or the seeds of things, if we must find in schools a name for them. Firstlings, we well might say, since everything follows from these beginnings. When human life, all too conspicuous, lay foully groveling on earth, weighed down by grim religion looming from the skies, horribly threatening mortal man. A man, a Greek, first raised his mortal eyes bravely against this menace. No report of gods, no lightning flush, no thunder peal made this man cower, but drove him all the more with passionate manliness of mind and will to be the first to spring the tight-barred gates of nature's hold asunder. So his force, his vital force of mind, a conqueror beyond the flaming ramparts of the world, explored the vast immensities of space with wit and wisdom, and came back to us triumphant, bringing news of what can be and what cannot, limits and boundaries, the borderline, the benchmark, set forever. Religion, so, is trampled underfoot, and by his victory we reach the stars. I fear that in these matters you may think you're entering upon a path of crime, the ABCs of godlessness. Not so. The opposite is true. Too many times religion mothers crime and wickedness. Recall how once at Aulis, when the Greeks, those chosen peers, the very first of men, defiled with a girl's blood the altar stone sacred to Artemis. The princess stood wearing the sacred billets, or a veil, and sensed but could not see the king, her father, Agamemnon, standing sorrowful beside the altar, and the priests nearby hiding the knife-blade, and the folk in tears at what they saw. She knelt. She spoke no word. She was afraid, poor thing. Much good it did her at such a time to have been the very first to give the king that other title, Father. Raised by man's hands and trembling, she was led toward the altar, not to join in song after the ritual of sacrifice to the bright god of marriage. No. She fell a victim by the sacrificing stroke her father gave to shed her virgin blood, not the way virgins shed it, but in death, to bring the fleet a happy exodus. The mighty counsellor, religion stood with all that power for wickedness. You may yourself some time or other feel like turning away from my instruction, terrified by priestly rant. 
How many fantasies they can invent to overturn your sense of logic, muddle your estates by fear. And rightly so. For if we ever saw a limit to our troubles, we'd be strong, resistors of religion, rant and cant. But as things are, we have no chance at all with all their everlasting punishments awaiting us after death. We do not know the nature of the soul. Is it something born by, of, and for itself? Does it find its way into ourselves when we are being born, to die when we do? Or does it, after our death, tour hell's tremendous emptiness and shadow? Or does it, by divine commandment, find abode in lower beasts, as we are told by Roman Ennius, the first of us chapleted with the green of Helicon, bright shining through the realms of Italy? But still, he also tells us in his verse, immortal as it is, that Acheron has reaches where no souls or bodies dwell, but only phantoms pale in wondrous wise, and that from there immortal Homer's image, so Aeneas says, transferred itself to him, and wept and talked about all kinds.